part of blindsidepods.com. It was a week of returns. Kevin Cullen. And MHB. Well, come on and let me know. Should I stay or should I go? This is the MetaFan Show Weekend Review. Weekending December 6, 2019. I'm DEC. On the Thanksgiving Eve Kirk Menahan Show, Blind Mike's Value was discussed by Kirk and Steve. This left things going into the holiday on a sour note, which bubbled over to Geary's YouTube episode of Mike and the MetaFans. The crew discussed Mike's thoughts on the show and also his empowerment to get advertisers. So Mike does a two-hour yes. uh, Mike and the Men the Fan show, which I listen to most of it or watched whatever. I was running, I listened to it on Friday. Uh, I listened to the first hour. What's well, not Friday? It was Saturday. Friday night. I'm sorry, Saturday. Oh, okay. I beg your pardon, Saturday. Uh, and it was just, you know, it was fine. It was a little, little whiny for my blood, but that's okay. Sure. I mean, this is, this is you know, I understand. This, this is what happens. And it was sort of like Mike, just sort of, you know, the other, the other three were like, well, anyway, and Mike said, well, I'm not done yet. No, no, no. Like, I, Steve doesn't, you know. What's, what, what sound stuck out to you most, Steve? Where do you want to start sound-wise? Well, I was a little confused of some of the, the criticisms that Mike had of me. On the one hand, he says... Well, so let's play the sound. Right? Yeah. Well, then you, you guys can react to it. I don't, look, I don't want this to turn into a thing. No, no, no. Now, let me get into my issues with Steve Robinson for a moment. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. And that would be... That would be the idea... What, what, I mean, I'm, sh- I'm, listen. Well said. I'm sure. <laughs> hold Kirk on. Brought hold it on. up. I got two yeah, hours hope. to fill. Hold on. Just in case anyone's wondering if <laughs> things are passed down from generation to generation. Oh, yeah. That wit I was handed you. down from. <laughs> Come on. I don't know what Mike got from his dad. I know he got it from his mom. That is that, that, is that fast acerbic wit. That, that I have get, no get, words. Get you out of any situation. Yeah. Go ahead. To mention it on the air. And I'm sure there are feelings that uh, Steve uh, uh, spoke that Kirk would agree with. Whatever, that, that's fine. This idea that Steve won't just say it is what really bothers me. And the thing that pissed me off more than anything was, I mean, I will admit, maybe it sounds like I'm being a pussy talking about it two days later rather mm-hmm. than on the show. Correct. But I yeah. have a very Costanzian <laughs> quality where I'll drive away thinking like, ah, this is what I should have said in that moment. So I'll talk about it on Monday if they want to get back into it. But my problem with Steve more than anything is this is kind of the talking down thing. Talk, like, yeah, this is, down this is a big theme. I'll, yeah, I'll right. save everyone the next 78 seconds of Mike stammering. <laughs> okay. Mike is, I think, sober at that point. Yes. Yes. The discussion continued with Mike's view that Steve looks down on him. So that's, you think that Steve sort of thinks you're lesser than on yeah, the show. Yeah, like yeah. there's a, there's a hierarchy. I'm, I assume I'm at the top. Well, uh, okay. maybe. I don't know. Well, Steve's, you know, Steve's rising. Not the way Steve acts. Right. That's right, true. So Steve is sort of puts himself as the vice president of the show. Or which whatever, is, which it, is it, probably it, fair. And, and you work for Steve, though. Yeah. Like you send Steve sound, and you say, does this work and that work? And, and Steve's sort of like, good boy. Yes. That's hmm. how I feel. There's that, not a collaborative effort. It's just. Is that an accurate Steve portrayal of what you what Mike is w- w- was articulating? Oh, I don't view it that way at all. But on the one hand, he says, you know, oh, Steve, Steve talks down to me. Steve treats me like an underling. And then he says, my other problem is that Steve doesn't give me enough ideas to go out and do. No, so I'm it's, saying it's kind of it's kind not, of ha- having it both I'm ways. I'm saying we don't collaborate on ideas. Steve, why don't you take a little inner before we go back and forth? Because I have plenty of thoughts, too. Mm. Why don't you take a look inside and think maybe I'm not doing a great job articulating things to Mike? 
Yeah, that's possible. I mean, I spent some time this weekend thinking it so over. Reflection? And, he, and he, he, I mean, he, staring he, out windows. He, he says he says on the show, uh, the Mike and the Minute fans, that he's upset that I didn't text him over the weekend. Like, well, that was sorry. Probably. I thought that would be talking down. What, what do you want me to text that you? Was a little, I, I, I know, hey, I know, I know hey, that hey, one. Too. Hey, bud. Yeah. Hey, bud. I know things can get kind of tense on the show. <laughs> but in your dream world, know, I really that, liked. What was you. that text supposed to be? Like, what text would you have liked to have seen? Oh, I just meant about anything, about the thing with my mom or whatever. There was no, it was radio what, silence. What, what, it seemed great, like great job. Seemed like we were mad at each other or something. I, I, I retweeted it and I said, "Fucking oh, this is I'm, I'm speechless. Well, uh, this is awesome." Yeah, and you, you and you replied, "The words you're looking for are sorry." I mean, what, yes. the, what, what do I have to apologize? That was, for? I was looking that was a for joke. when I watched it. What what what, <laughs> like, what 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 would you like, Steve? To be there? Hey, you're 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 doing an awesome job. No, he doesn't have to do anything. No, but, but you said what would you you said the text. Like, what would you like him to text? And that was probably over. Dramatic. He probably didn't have to text me in that then moment. Then you talked about this client who wants to be on Mike and the Minute fans. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. That, I that, get, that did annoy do, me. Do you have that sound? Yes. I'd like to react to it. Steve, why don't we play sound and react to it, shithead, instead of laying out <laughs> each fucking thing? Whereas I think he sees this show as like, oh, like, let Mike do his stupid idea. It's a bad idea, but we'll we'll let him do it, whatever. That's all I see. Uh, because even yeah. I, so someone reached out and wants hold on, hold to on, advertise hold on. on the show. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I love the idea. I, it, like, I, I think I've been supportive of Mike and the Minute fans. I like Mike and the Minute yeah. fans. But it is a stupid idea. Oh, of course. I mean, think of who's on the show with you. Yes, I understand. At one point, you had TJ Hubbard and Tim from Canton on. I mean, it's supposed to be purposely stupid, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Mike's but, like, Mike's like, I want to be treated. I want Mike and the Minute fans to be no, treated no, no. with but the seriousness was, it deserves. God damn it! My point was that someone reached out and said, "Hey, can I advertise okay, on we'll the play, show?" We'll play, I didn't we'll, know what to do, so I sent it to Steve, and okay. I got nice. In so instead of playing that, fine. So Mike, don't, don't have to worry about playing now. Mike laid out. That's fine. So an advertiser reached out, and I flagged this as well. I was going to get to this. To me, Steve, now Steve may have a different spin on it, but that would be, so it's an advertiser that couldn't quite pay the Kirk Minahan rate, correct? Right. Yes. So why not give him that? I'm totally on board with that. I think you misinterpreted uh, the, my text message. I think you misinterpreted nice. a lot of the th Yeah, I said nice, like nice. That's great. That's exciting. We want more sponsors. I figured that said, was nice. Well, you didn't, because the guy, see, I, he specifically asked for information. In response. You said you were going to forward me an email. I did. And, and, no, I never got an email. I went back and looked last night. Well, why didn't you tell me you didn't get it? I was because I was going to talk to you today. It was a holiday weekend. I was like letting you, uh, you know, hang out. I gotta say, Mike, for Thanksgiving. Mike, on this one, you got to be more proactive, though. I mean, I forwarded him the email and well, I told got, him about well, it. Well, call him, text him, and say, "Hey, did you get the email?" I don't know, I do it. I mean, he said, say, he said nice. I assumed he got it. Well, that doesn't seem like my fault. Well, you no, said you nice. sent me the text and immediately, I, said, I, I forwarded you an email. You responded to that. You responded to your text saying nice, saying that you got a potential advertiser. I said right? I just forwarded you an email of a guy that wants information. He says he can't quite advertise on the show, but he might want to do Mike and the Minifan. There's a couple of advertisers that you've brought up that, I, and I always pursue every single one of them. I'm happy to do, to work out advertising on Mike and the Minifans. I think you misinterpreted that text message. No, I, I don't know. Also, I got to say, like, I don't think it's Steve's job to fucking get advertising Mike and the Minifans. Okay, see, that's what I don't know. I think it's your job. He's my producer, of course. See, I assumed if I... Stop if, assuming. If I, I, just do whatever the fuck you if want. If I had advertising on there, you wouldn't say... You wouldn't be like, what the fuck With is all this? With respect, Mike's I, making money? I, I, don't, I don't... I would assume those are advertisers who couldn't afford us. Yes. Like they're not, I, I'm, I don't, I don't think, and this may be my ego. Like, you know what I want to go with? Not Kirk Minahan show. I want to <laughs> go Mike and the Minahan fan. I thought a I mean, why thousand not? percent you would why? say... Why? the fuck would I do? What? Just in the show the other day, I don't care. All right. What if I said to you, don't well, do this? You don't, I've said, you don't I've care, said, but then if I did it, you would say... What the fuck is this? Mike has advertisers on the show now? I might say it to Steve and then he might explain the situation. Or I might do I it on the air. I, and then I, went, I went through the, the chain of command the way I was no, supposed what to. What I'm saying is if you did that, I might say to Steve, like, what the fuck is this? He's like, oh, they can't afford. They're doing this. That's a great. What, what, like, you know, have I ever said to you, don't do this? Or well, don't then if I can just do it, then I'll respond to the guy. I didn't think I was allowed. To. I didn't think I was supposed to. 
I don't need money from Mike and the Minifan. It okay. doesn't, doesn't matter to me. All right. Steve might. I, I don't know. I mean, that's fine. You guys could figure it out. All I, right. And if Steve helps you make a sale, well, I think that's different. But that's also the thing. I'm not saying Steve needs to hold my hand and help me. Well, I'm kind saying of sounds I need, like that to I'm me. Saying, I don't I mean, know. It sounds I'm not, a little bit like I'm saying exactly I need more than like nice in response because that, that's not my. I don't deal with that shit. I've never done. I wouldn't know well, what to do well, if an advertiser guess comes what? to me. Time, time to figure it out. So I can just do it. What did I just say? Yeah. Okay. Put your fucking boots on and do it. All right, then I'll do it. Okay, fine. Maybe I'm, I'm happy on this thing than I will uh, from Barstool. I'm happy to help you in any, well, any way that quit I can. Well, then do your thing there. I don't give a shit. Well, that was... Like, fuck you, <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> what, I don't even know what, what that was. What, what, else do we, what, what else do we have? Uh, let's see. So there's this weird one where you're talking about... No, I'll let the clip Steve play. continued to play clips from the Friday YouTube show and cited Steve Robinson's behavior on Great Thinkers. This began to irritate Minahan, who felt Mike was looking to do... Fake broadcasting. Uh, so I think there is an element of Steve looking down at me, and the th thing I mentioned was. Um, hold on, hold like on. Like if I make on, a, if I on, say something on. dumb. Does, hold on, hold on. Does it uh, sound does it sound sadder to you when you listen to it now? Yeah, than you're of saying? course. Okay. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. Um, I'm pontificating to for my example. My guy said uh, uh, Maury Povich or Maury Povich, whatever he said. <laughs> I jumped yeah. on that and said, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Oh, this is Mike the comedian. If I said way. that, yeah. here we go. Steve would go. <laughs> And just kind of that stick happened. her under that his That has breath. happened. Yeah, but who gives <laughs> a shit? Why do you care? This seems weird. What, poor, this poor that doesn't idiot. seem odd to you. Let me look down my nose silently behind the glass. I think, I, I gotta I be say, honest, I, we, 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 I think we did this the other day, right? In some form or fashion. You, you kind of brought up the same thing without yeah, the more yeah, example. I, did. I think you're way over reading this one. I don't know. I, I, I think, I, I don't... That was one, I'm, uh, a couple weeks ago, I said something about, I made some dumb comment about Madawaska. I was like, well, it needs to be winter because of the ice fishing or something. And Steve just went, yeah, like that. That could have been twenty minutes if you made fun of me. Well, no, but I but mean, how fucking dumb I am, or whatever. Seemed, you know what I mean? So it seems like you you want us to pick up on little things you say and make fun of you more. No, no, no. But then I'm you, saying you, bring you picked up, up on it, and we're like, oof. Like but the you, idea, but like the idea, the idea that you picked up on it suggests to me a sensitivity. What do you mean? Just what I just I, said. That I, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sensitive oh, to. Nope, Steve just gave you the laugh right there. He just mocked you. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the I don't idea, care for that noise. <laughs> the idea that you recognize that suggests to me that you're sensitive oh, about probably, Steve yeah. doing it. Yeah, maybe. But why do you give a shit? What do you care what Steve I thinks? Don't, I don't. That's, I mean, that, that's a big question that I'm asking myself. I mean, what the fuck? I get, you? There's only one person you should care about what they think. Me. His name's Kirk Seamus Minahan. That's it. Same with Steve. Yes. Well, if I, like, didn't I know care. Steve, you know, is, is, is been on his big boy pants lately and everything. Okay. But that can end quickly, too. I well, mean, how interesting is that? If I go on Friday, ah, I don't really care about Steve. Let's talk uh, Ricky Gervais. They want him out on, uh, on no, the Golden that's, Globes. That's, that's, that's different. But but the difference is that you actually care. Like, this, it's one thing to be sort of amplified and have some fun with yeah. it. And want it but, like, I think it actually affects you. Uh, I mean, it bothers me. Why? I don't go home and stew over it. But and... why, though? I'm not saying, like, you, it, it's fine that it does, but... I respect Steve in a way. He's got a good... Uh... Why? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he's <laughs> above me. He's the boss, you know? But I thought, but I thought, you don't think he is. I thought, that's not good, though. You don't like that he's above you. Uh, I mean, well, that's not for me to decide who's well, above but you, me. But you said he is. But you said that he thinks he's above you, and you don't like that. Now you just said he's above you. I think he treats it as, like, looking down on me. Whereas I think on the show, on the air, I think we have equal roles. I think Steve deals with a lot more off the air. But on the show, I don't see why we wouldn't be equals. Where are you on this one, Steve? Well, I, I think that uh, Mike is here purely for his role on the show. Correct. Like, I am not. I'm here because I can do other things. Correct. Just and so that. I think that there's... I think that there are advantages that he has when the mic is on because he doesn't have to be worried about 
any of the administrative stuff around here. That's true. Same with me. But there is a bunch of other stuff that I have to take care of, whether it's business with Barstool, whether it's clients, whether it's like the physical outlay of the studio. No question. And I think that uh, part of the whole pecking order thing is that sometimes you issue orders through me to Mike. And so that just kind of has naturally fallen well, I mean, in mind. It's not something where I, I, you know, proactively set out to think, um, you know, Mike is my fucking slave or something like that. Yeah. And I don't think he treats me. Well, so maybe I try, I try to support not even help you with anything. Maybe your issues with me. Maybe. I mean, not in the sense that really with you, but I have no fucking one to. Not be. <laughs> I have no one to. I'm not a great creator. I think I'm a good collaborator. I can improve upon ideas. I can do them like the idea of interviewing my mom is something you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think I did something different than you would have expected me to do with it, I hope. Uh-huh. And I think I made it into something funny. But uh, like the reason I like doing shit with Cullinane is he's got a lot of ideas. A lot of them are bad, but a lot of them can be improved upon. So your, so we, criti- your criticism is that I should be more like Dave Cullinane. Absolutely. I think, I think anyone, anyone should strive for that. All right, I'm going to play another one. This is uh, another of Mike's gripes with me. Oh, good. Thank you. This is better. There's an element of cocky Steve, and I think we saw it at that, uh, just the amazing event that Dave Cullinane put on the other night. Um, This is weird. Where Steve comes in, and uh, he's fighting with Cullinane. And I don't know if you, like, as a listener, you could really tell it. Mike didn't like this. Sitting there, I could tell, because I know both their personalities, I could tell Steve said, I'm going to go in and make radio. I'm going to go in and berate Cullinane because it's interesting. And um, there's a little bit of that that I like, but there's also an element of that where I say, like, it seems forced. I think if you're not mad, I don't know if you can go after a guy. But maybe that's what Kirk wants. Maybe you want, if I'm mildly annoyed at uh, Tommy Smokes, let's say, then I should crank that mildly oh, annoyed I can, up to I 10. explain that. All right, here we go. This, this to me, again, I don't, like, Steve went on and like you know he was on. What that was wasn't his, really a criticism. What was he Steve? supposed to do on the that on wasn't that, a criticism? Steve. On that, on that I show was saying, with Cullinane, like I was saying, no, I was saying I think uh, your frustration with me is like if uh, Tommy Smokes or Dave come after me, I'm not fuming the next day. Oh, but you make it sound like I want you to be like, which is I've made my career on not being fake, and right. you want us to be. You, you think I want Steve to be fake? No, no, no. You said I'm that saying, in the clip. Like, I'm what? saying, do you want me to ramp it up? If I'm mildly annoyed at something, do you want me to ramp it up? And no, be I don't want angry. you to be anything that you're not. But I don't. I would, you know, I'd like a little passion. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying well, is that I don't think Steve was that angry at Dave the other day. Well, but how, I think angry, he ramped how, it up. how angry well, all, can I, you be? First at Dave of all, Cullen? I don't. I don't, think, I don't think Steve really sounded that angry. Like it was kind of dripping with sarcasm. Like when I watched it, it didn't seem like he was really outraged. Like do you think he was really angry at Dave Cullinane? That's how Dave. That's how Cullinane took it. Cullinane's a pussy sometimes. Like why would that? Now you're basing your things on what Cullinane thinks. Well, Cullinane was saying the whole time he's like, he's like, this is for radio. You're doing this for radio, and Steve was like, no, I'm not. So okay, so now you're agreeing with Cullinane's insane. Like, oh, okay, like oh, what the fuck are we talking about now? We're like nine levels deep. You don't well, like Steve. Steve doesn't like you. That's life. Right. I, I'm gonna have to deal with that's that. Fine. fine. Don't let me get I think we do like whatever each other. Steve said to me on last night on the phone is fine. I don't want to get that. <laughs> that's fine. Not long ago. Come on. It's what fine. Do you no, it's fine. Come it's on. Fine. It's fine. I'll just say that he helped somebody out in Vegas do something one night during a concert. That's oh. all. And he had a specific target and he missed and he's still upset about that. <laughs> And we'll leave it at that. My goodness. I was surprised to hear that as well. Well, it was all a ruse, which I I got to the bottom of. That's true. Geary brought up a story that Steve sent to him. Geary then said it would play off of a story that Steve was looking for more. It was positioned on the show that, whatever, the idea was scoffed at, but... It was pitched by Steve as a Mike idea. It was actually Steve who sent the story out, Well, Steve said, well, I like the story. I thought it was an interesting story. So, the... you? You you like the story or Steve? 
Well, Steve sent the story, but I also right. thought it was but interesting. Steve, but Steve sent the story. I, I, I yeah. sent the story. I was never positioning in it as uh, it was Mike's idea that he br- he sent around. Yeah, you to did. Our group you said chat. what? You said what was the story? You acted yeah. like I sent I was, it and didn't I was, know what it was. I was giving you an opportunity to do what you did on Mike and the Minifans, which was have a, a thought out, reasoned take on whatever the story in was. that argument. Yes, and you. Why and, would I do that there? I, I was just trying to see if you'd th- thought about the story or had a take on it other than just bringing it up at the beginning of the show when Kirk asks if there's anything to go around. Any stories? I don't understand. Why would I do that in that? Why would I give you an impassioned take on Zach McDonough when we're talking about this stuff? All right. Maybe it was a bad move by me. I thought it was just a... I, I just wanted to see if you'd, if you'd thought beyond just bringing up a headline when Kirk asks. So well, he said, what did you, you find interesting? And I said that headline. Right, but do you have any... But- but even I guess is, is there something more to that story? The I talked about is it there, on here. I said I, it was interesting that I don't like it, the guy, but on, I would defend You talked about it where? On our show? On Mike no, and the Minifans, you talked about it for like... shit about Mike? Like, you you, so you got into the story of how you feel about it. You think the guy's but when a douchebag. But, but when I brought it up, you didn't want to talk about it. So what am I going to do? Hey, hey, hold on, Kirk. Let me get into this. Well, you could. I mean, once in a while, you could do. I was thinking of this, too, if you're looking for some guidance. You could say, Kirk, why don't you care about this story? This is something that should should appeal to you. Like, I find it interesting because of this, this, and this. Okay. But, like, you don't care about it? And I might say no, and then we'll move on. I, I don't know, or maybe we do. I, I don't know. All right. I'll, do, I'll be better at that then. I didn't understand why it got brought up like I was lobbying for this Zach McDonough story to be broken down. You when you have a very sensitive Steve Trigger for some reason. That's, maybe, all, that's my takeaway. Well, I respect I don't, the guy. Which I don't get. I want him to like me. He does like you. I do like you. I, I mean, maybe I'm just a douchebag. I don't know. You know he likes uh, you? No, I'm kidding. Well, I don't know. I mean, I was uh, thinking over the weekend and before oh. before Wednesday, I was like, if Mike Geary had a party and invited me, I would call, crawl naked over broken glass to be at that party to hang out. It seems now I don't think that I'm ever going to get an invite. I would crawl naked over not to go to the party. <laughs> <laughs> what? To get away from <laughs> Why would you? You wouldn't go now? I don't know. It, it just seems like there's a there's a little bit of bad blood now. No, there's, ten, there's tension. That there's still... Like, you know, uh, uh, whatever, a Bobby Reed or whatever would, would sense tension in the air between you two still. Um, I don't think we've resolved so. anything. Uh, well, I which, th- in some ways, we're making it worse because we're just showing how all of the criticisms he had on Mike and the Minifans were basically incomprehensible. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> well done. A video has been circulating social media of a youthful Steve Robinson debating a Maine liberal about the welfare state. Steve gave the program some background on this show and flexed his conservative muscles to show off his debate techniques. Who is this woman you had feuds with on YouTube over the years? Uh, Lizzie. Yeah, she was oh, right. um, Mike Mishu's campaign manager. Hmm? She was Mike Mishu's. Oh, my, my, Mike, you remember the great Mike Mishu? Mike, Mike Mishu. You would battle with her over local issues. Now, where was this? Uh, this was done remotely. I uh, was but, like, what was it for? Uh... It was so a friend of mine uh, bought the website as Maine goes, which was one of the original political sites. in Maine. as Maine goes, are you familiar with the saying as Maine goes? Yes, it doesn't so really roll off the, the tongue as a website, though, does it? <laughs> a friend of mine bought the website and uh, sure. wanted, wanted to do basically something like Mike and the Minifans, except for it's talk about uh, politics, Maine right. politics. Hard to believe that didn't catch on. Uh, right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think put a little pocket in his money. So. Right. <laughs> like we had something like 15 to 20 episodes. I wasn't on every single one of them. But you get a real rivalry with this woman. I did. Yes. Well, to- we did. We disagreed. <laughs> this is you battling with her over what? Um, 
I'm not really sure in hindsight what we were fighting about. Okay. There's real tension though. Have you seen these? Information about people using their EBT card data uh -oh. at smoke shops and liquor stores, and it turned out to be, you know, 0.02% of the overall budget. That's, That's still a problem. Listen here, sweetheart. <laughs> the men are gonna do some talking. First of all, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of robots in that too. False. I am false. That's false. So well, I've been putting up with this bullshit talking point for two years at this point. <laughs> putting up with it, how? And how is that affecting your life? Uh, As main goes. <laughs> Uh, I filed a Freedom of Information request for EBT card transaction data. Good. So basically, I got. <laughs> I, of course, I got you did. What, what kid, did, what kid got, didn't do that? That's very important. I got all of the. Uh, Harry's doing that right now. There's school delay. I got all of the uh, times, locations, whether it was a withdrawal or what, a purchase. What were you going to do with that? Journalism. I was working at MHPC right. at the time. So I was. Were you I, working at what? Uh, the Main Heritage Policy Center. Oh, okay. So basically. Uh, so you're not with the. Uh, what was it? Paul Revere? Yes, uh, this, was post, deputy this, was, this was post. This was post. You're older project. now. Yes, I'm a little older. Mid twenties. A little bit. This is after the DC years. I'm a little more seasoned. S.C. Robinson is buried. The DC so, sleuth has returned to his uh, his home. So now you're on the you. brink of being discovered by Howie. Yes. So basically, what I was able to do is get a huge data set and analyze uh, abuse and misuse of welfare dollars. Are you getting paid for this? Yes. Yeah. By, by the I was main... drawing a salary from the Maine Heritage Policy Center. Yeah. Okay. And so we found uh, things like people in Presque Isle, Maine, taking a thousand dollars out of an ATM at one o'clock sure. in the morning. It's a Howie Car special. Yeah. It's like, what, what's what's going on here? A little right. bit of drug use. You found some some interesting patterns in the data. But anyways, these liberal fuckheads decided to <laughs> take this complete misinterpretation <laughs> of the data. Who is this woman? Relax. Who's this woman? Lizzie. She was Lizzie. Mike, Mike Mishu's campaign manager. Oh, so she's. While he's running for governor, she's going on the show. No, this is this happens after uh, after we, uh, I guess, right. Uh, governor LePage wins on a welfare reform oh, ballot. Oh, so this is this is post post battle. Uh, yeah, this is after the election, and she's kind of become a more of a, a talking head. Yes, right. well, yes. not I mean, a pundit on a YouTube show with. It was, a, it was a Google I, Hangout. Right? I like that the passion is still there. Like he's setting up basically just a clip to, to be made fun of. And he's like these liberal fuckheads. <laughs> Ethan Strimling, the uh, uh, now mayor of Portland, big, big lib pundit, he uh -huh. started this uh, talking point that only point, uh, zero, oh, still, zero point two percent okay. of welfare transactions are okay. actually fraudulent. Oh, so we're now, okay, we, total bullshit. I said something ain't right we, here. Listen, <laughs> what I'm so, saying is when you hit the so ATM. hold on, he's saying zero point, point zero two percent? Yes. I, I actually have to agree. That probably is bullshit. And it's mm. total bullshit because you don't know if someone false. takes a thousand. That's false. <laughs> false. That's false. <laughs> Does not compute. If someone takes a thousand dollars out of an ATM on their, their temporary assistance for needy families right thing. There for that, well, yeah. And you don't know what they're spending it on. They could be spending it on anything. So my point was that it was a, it was a well-reasoned <laughs> okay. point We've about the welfare okay. system <laughs> I don't based on evidence and an understanding of human nature. Okay. And for political reasons, these uh -huh. guys were pretending like the data said something that it didn't say. And you know what? The, the welfare program's not a very effective anti-poverty tool when let's, you get right down let's to get it. back to the sound let me start at the beginning James. about people using their ebt card data at smoke shops and liquor stores and it turned out to be you know 0.02 percent of the overall budget that's, that's, false. Still <laughs> that's false that talking point is error 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 <laughs> sorry i'm just saying that 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 we knew that talking point was dead during the mishu campaign and it didn't serve him very well and i don't think it bears i don't think it's useful to repeat information that's inaccurate for an asshole to use of, uh, inaccurate information that's all just you can continue <laughs> No. What a dick! 
now. <laughs> what a fucking asshole. I apologize for calling him Eric. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I think Mike's... If I, you worry if this guy thinks you're funny? You fucking pussy. <laughs> you fucking loser. Well, I think Lizzie was giving me some advice. And <laughs> False. And then you shit out, like, you're, you're such a dick because you're just like, you know, I just want to get that out there. Fuck. You, you, you put your I'm nose up saying, on her. Hey, I'm just saying. Yeah, your nose is up on her. I will agree with, with Mike on this one. Your nose is up on Lizzie <laughs> yes. right there. Lizzie, you of definitely course. look down at was Lizzie's retort to that? I don't know. Probably, well, probably, probably some weak sauce bullshit about her talking points. Give me I called another, her out. Give me another, used to give me another Steve out. and Lizzie battle. She hated you, huh? L Lizzie might come on. Oh, really? Yeah, we did raise the sales tax because there was no way we could undo the governor's tax cuts. And in addition to that, we weren't going to put... It's called cut spending. I think Lizzie's, Lizzie's reading from her Mishu talking points. Ooh. Cut spending. That, you know, raising taxes isn't the only way to, to generate revenue. You cut taxes and you have more money to spend on things. I mean, you cut spending and you have more money to spend on things that are actually priorities. You know what I feel wow, bad for take. Lizzie? She'll never get never out heard of that, that take before. She'll never get out of that Mishu shadow. <laughs> Producer Robinson had a destination Thanksgiving on the Cape where he showed off his culinary skills. But a medical scare threatened to mar the occasion. But you did most of the cooking. I did a lot of the cooking, yeah. I made oh, a you nice, were there. Uh, seafood Alfredo, did lobster rolls, did the uh, zucchini soup, bunch of Brussels sprouts, handled the potato, of course. Boy, potato is my Lobster name. rolls, which, of course, is a main tradition. Yes, that's right. That whole you thing. You have to have <laughs> lobster because I am, in fact, from Maine. <laughs> no red snappers, though. <laughs> no red snappers, no. <clears throat> okay. Sadly. How many people were there? Six. Oh, so it's pretty quiet. Six people, two dogs. Yeah. Weren't you, were you bored at all during the day? Like Friday um, afternoon, how bored are you? I was actually suffering a great deal. Why? I had a hemorrhoid. Oh, boy. What? From sitting on this stool. Thanksgiving Day, I was in pain. You had a real hemorrhoid? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What'd you do about Miserable. it? Miserable. Why don't you just there's take really this nothing, chair? There's no really nothing you it. can do. Why don't you use another chair? Well, I, I'm going to. I'm going to get so a you're sitting in the same chair today? Yes. Oh, my God. This show might be seven hours. Man. <laughs> 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 <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Does it alleviate it all? Yeah, I got, I got a little bit better. But thanks, Thanksgiving Day, I just had a fucking aching ass. Mm. <laughs> Nothing worse than an aching ass on things. You ever had a hemorrhoid? Do I, I have not. No. I have not. No, I have not. We here at the Menafan Show Week in Review endorse a sitz bath as the most effective way to treat hemorrhoids. In April 2018, Kirk Menahan teamed up with his then Kirk and Callahan producer Chris Curtis to investigate stories written by Boston Globe columnist Kevin Cullen based on facts in his stories about the marathon bombing that didn't add up. This resulted in disciplinary action for Cullen and indirectly led to Menahan leaving WEEI. This week, the Globe tapped Cullen to write a story about the marathon bomber. Menahan was in disbelief over choosing Cullen to write the story based on his past. I cannot believe, huh. uh, like, you know, <laughs> I get they weren't going to fire Kevin Cullen because of, because of me. I get that. Right. But to say, hey, Kev, you know what? Write about Zarniev. <laughs> Seems, seems so bizarre. crazy to me. Well, they have 50 columnists on their payroll and they pick the cull. I'll give you a very quick, just again, we have people, new listeners all the time, right? I'll give you, you know, I'll give you 30 seconds of a backstory. Just to, I suspect most people know, maybe most don't, uh, or maybe some don't. So Kevin Cullen's a columnist for the Globe who went after me a couple of years ago, didn't like me, didn't like the station I worked at. So for years, I'd see Cullen's story in the Metro every once in a while and I'd say, boy, this is awfully neat. Like, right. Boy, this ties in. Thank you, Jerry. This ties in like, really too well so i did some digging and so did chris curtis and he literally placed himself at three or four different places at the time of the bombing 
Cullum is a 1982 CBS drama character. Yeah. Like, there's a new guy in town, Kevin Cullen. <laughs> and, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, what, what are you talking about, Inspector? Yeah. You know, that whole thing. <laughs> well, I like when Cullen is breaking a story and uh, someone from the Globe has to walk in and say, Kev, the mayor is breathing down my neck here. <laughs> we need you off this story. And people think I'm being, like, sarcastic here. There's a couple of drops I should have had, but, like, there's, there's one point where Cullen is on a stage uh, like at one of these things where they're talking about the marathon bombing like nine months later mm-hmm. and the phone rings and Colin looks at the phone and it's like, oh, it's Tommy John, Tommy Donahue, Jesus Christ, he's breaking my balls. <laughs> Which I think I used that line in the... You did. That's the other thing. So I, we, well, whatever. So Colin's a bullshit artist. So here's Colin, the BBC. Now keep in mind, he was not there. Here's Colin, the BBC, talking about a thing he wasn't at. I just got off the phone not long ago with a young firefighter who I'm very concerned about. (sighs) He's a young kid. He's a a veteran of Iraq and Afghanistan. And he told me what he saw today was worse than anything he saw in a war zone. He carried a young girl um, whose brother was killed at the scene. Um... I actually know the father just ran the race today. And when he finished the race, his young son left the sidewalk. <clears throat> he went out into Boylston Street and hugged his dad. And then he went back onto the sidewalk, and his father walked on to register his time. And the bomb exploded. The boy was killed. His mother was severely injured. And uh, the daughter, the girl, um, my friend, the firefighter, Sean, picked her up, and he carried her to an ambulance. And um, he said that uh, when he put her down, he realized her leg was missing. Go we'll pick through the lies. Number one, I don't know what his relationship is with Bill Richard. I have no idea. I did the first two hours of the show at the finish line, then I went back and ran the race. Bill Richard was there. Super nice guy. So I have no, I, and I can't even imagine. I mean, can you imagine this fucking guy's life is like? I mean, really. Right. So uh, <clears throat> I know it. Maybe, maybe Kevin Collins great friends with him. When you finish the Boston Marathon race, you don't go to the finish line, then turn around and go back into the crowd. They keep moving you. There's security at the end. There's no way, if you've seen the finish line, even that day, there's no way anybody's hopping up over there, running out to you. Things are going 5,000 miles an hour. That just never happened. Secondly, Bill Richard didn't run the marathon that day. Right. He didn't run the race. So that part of it's not true. He didn't run the marathon. I remember doing the show the next day. I remember Jerry and I and John were like, we fucked up something. Because we read somewhere that Bill Richard ran the marathon. We read that in Cohen's story. <laughs> That's the thing we were like, we're like, oh, we fucked up. We, we felt bad about that. Right. These are lies. First of all, this guy, Sean, the firefighter, Sean O'Brien, who I spoke to, mm-hmm. said he wasn't friends with Colin at all. He met him once. Didn't yeah. know him at all. Had been on some panel with him and spoken to him once. Didn't know him. This guy's, say, Colin's crying the next, this is the day after the bombings. His on buddy, BBC. his good buddy. His good buddy crying about this. And then I talked to Sean O'Brien, another guy who was there, who, by the way, the guy from Watertown who rescued Jane Richard, they had a, a day for, I think in Watertown or somewhere else, wherever he was a firefighter. There were stories about this after. And this guy's like, if you're in the rescue business, it's like anybody would tell you. And by the way, common sense would tell you that you're not going to grab some girl and then realize when you put her down, oh my God, her leg's gone. Like you would tell there's a lot of trauma going on. It's a little, yeah. it's a little cinematic. And then he goes on and tells another story where, in a different thing, where the person's crawling around looking for her leg. Yeah. So this is, and these are all lies. Like the whole thing, nobody told him this. 
He made this all up. These are all lies. When he writes, I can taste it. I can see it when I bump into survivors, which happens more with more regularity than I ever could have imagined. I can touch it. I can still smell Patriot's Day 2013. Do you think, what do you think when you read that? He's trying to create the impression that he was <laughs> right. there. He's there, yeah. Right. But I'm saying that his exaggerations and, and that, that kind of style of approaching it, he didn't outright come out and say, I was there, here's what I saw. True. He was on Bob Ryan's podcast uh, a few months after. About 59 minutes in, Ryan asked Cullen if he'd seen the movie Patriot's Day, which is a fucking terrible movie. The 2016 movie about the bombing. This is what Cullen says. I must say, like a month after the bombing, I was completely screwed up myself. I was not taking care of myself, not eating right, was drinking too much. I think it was almost secondhand PTS. He called it PTS, PTSD. I was really dealing with so many people who have been traumatized. It really affected me. I remember really crying at night and talking uh, and stuff after talking to people. I mean. It's got to be rough. It's just unbelievable. When you see something like that up close, I can only imagine. When I talked to him, so I talked to him, you know, a couple, I I got him. He He answered. I uh, said, so were you present when the bombs went off at the finish line? Was I ever at the scene? He said, was I ever at the scene? Were you there when it happened? No, I got there a few hours later. I can't talk right now. Would you like to tell me about your relationship with Sean O'Brien? No. This is how bad it is. He writes, I went out Monday night, the marathon night, and bumped into some, some firefighters I know. They said one of the dead was an eight-year-old boy from Dorchester. That's Martin Richard, who had gone out to hug his dad after he crossed the finish line. The dad walked on. The boy went back to the sidewalk to join his mom. The bomb went off. The boy was killed. Uh, and he says he knows... He knows Bill Richard. Uh, he just finished the marathon, the son Martin, died, so he gets into that. And then, yeah, then the, I have the BBC quote here. That's Sean O'Brien. Uh, <clears throat> O'Brien said he never told Colin he carried Jane Richard anywhere. That was Matt Patterson, a Lynn firefighter who was off duty that day. I spoke to Patterson. This is me writing at EI.com last year. Yep. I spoke to Patterson last Thursday. He wanted no credit or praise for what he did. It was his job. And I could tell he had no desire to go over the events of that day again. I could definitely tell that. He told me he'd never heard of Cullen until last week and had never, <laughs> had never talked to him. What's also odd is it became clear pretty quickly that Patterson, the man who had carried Jane Rich, was the man who carried Jane Richard. Necken, that's a, a cable channel in New England, had a story on this. WBZ, the New York Daily News, the city of Lynn, that's who it is, honored him in May of 2013. And Cullen never corrected this. The Globe never corrected it. So he writes about the bombing for the Irish Times in April of 2013, right after the bombing. Once again, Sean the Firefighter appears. This time, the storyline about Jane Richard is gone. So he knows he fucked up on that. Doesn't want to correct it. Now, in this version, Sean kneels over the body of Martin Richard, which may be true since O'Brien wouldn't discuss with me when we talked last week. Colin writes about the discussion he had with Sean about finding Martin Richard, which I think is true, by the way. I think Sean O'Brien did find Martin Richard. I think that is true. Mm-hmm. When I looked at young Marty, Sean told me, and, and you know, I, I, I don't know who calls him Marty, who doesn't. Uh, I knew he was gone. This rugged firefighter who was muscular and opposing stopped to regain his composure. His lower lip quivered and a tear fell from my eye and smudged my notebook. <laughs> Sean O'Brien, who I spoke to, has no memory of ever seeing Cullen cry in front of him. <laughs> Cullen refers to him as his friend, but O'Brien says they met a few times after the bombing. That was it, really. He hadn't spoke to Cullen in years. So Cullen writes a five-year anniversary thing, right? And, 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 and does his whole story. They, they pick him to do to write his rem- remembrances of this oh, five-year anniversary. He was there. Just read the, listen to this, okay? Uh, a few months ago, uh, I was driving down uh, uh, on the way to a pub to talk to a man about a horse. I think it's ah. some inside joke or something. As I was turning up Adams Street, I spied Jane Richards standing on the sidewalk, waving the cross. She probably just left her part-time job at College Hype, but the great Jack Doherty gave her a few hours of working here or there. Jane lost her leg that day. She lost her brother, Martin, who uh, at eight was a year older than she was. Since the bombing, Jane's become my talisman. That means his little good luck charm. Yeah. 
A few months after the bombing, she posed wearing her tiger leg, the prosthesis that would let her run if not make a semblance of the Irish step dancer she was before a couple of these losers decided to put a bomb behind her and her siblings. I remember seeing that photo and smiling for the first time in weeks. Jamie, I called out through my open window. It startled her and she turned and, without really knowing who I was, smiled and waved enthusiastically. I parked in the old Dorchester Post parking lot and as soon as I turned the engine off, for reasons I can't completely explain, I began to weep. <laughs> I mean, does anybody believe that that happened? I mean, isn't yeah. that so disgusting? I mean, honestly, this is a little girl whose brother died. She was a bombing. She lost her leg. Her mom, her mom's brain, and I think she, her mom is blind in one eye, I think. Her mom had a brain injury. And this asshole is saying he's a little good luck charm and making up some story of seeing her. So readers would be like, oh, not, not poor Jane Richard, poor Kevin Collins. I mean, what a fucking psychopathic creep. I mean, really, it's I mean, absolutely repugnant I mean, behavior. And, I mean, and the, the min cells should keep in mind that you exposing Kevin Cullen is in large part uh, why, why the Boston you're Globe, oh, why yeah. you're here. So yesterday, la cry. last night at 630, uh, after a few years of, 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 uh, of, of, of a respite, uh, Zarniev is about to invade our consciousness again. The Globe has this asshole writing about Zarniev. The amazing part, I the thought... The story doesn't even really matter. It's the fact that they were like, they're so tone deaf or no, not. No lack of, uh, I mean, they completely lack self-awareness. Right, they were like, you know what, Kevin? Like, it's a story, we got you. In their minds, they've moved on. There's no scandal. No. But I even mean, letting him write it is one thing. And then they don't always promote who the author is in their tweets, I don't right. think. To lead the tweet with, from Kevin Cullen. It's incredible. <laughs> and, and they can't tag his actual, tw actual Twitter handle because he took it he's down. gone. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He took it down because he couldn't handle it. The controversy around producer Robinson's French fry mess continued this week. As you may recall last week, Steve was upset at receiving a paltry five French fries at a restaurant he referred to as, quote, burgers and brews, end quote which he later said was a Red Robin affiliate. Uh, at a burger place, which I then discovered was actually a Red Robin affiliate. They gave me five fucking French fries with great, my what burger. Great, what are great discoveries in history. <laughs> Look at this. Oh my God. You, well, you, know, you know what you when you found that out? A little bit, you'll like this. You're like Nicolas Cage in, in National Treasure. You discovered something right there. You discovered that there was a map. You discovered there was an affiliate. You're not going to believe it. Excuse called, me, waiter. Can this be? <laughs> it was called It was called Burgers and Brews. Is this and Bob it turns out it's, Bob, it's, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bother you, but I may even broke it. I got a big story for you. I got, I got a sizzler. You're not going to believe this. Howdy, I'm, gonna, I'm coming back. <laughs> there are five French fries, and this is an affiliate of Red Robin. It turns out that if Robinson had looked up at the sign anywhere in the restaurant and on the menu, you would have noticed what this establishment was. Red Robin, the home of bottomless fries. This week, Robinson's dinner date, his brother-in-law's cousin's friend's roommate, Ben, reached out to Blind Mike to share the facts. Ben reaches out to me and says, Mike, I can't hold this in any longer. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. You know where this is going, Steve? Or no? I have no idea. He says, he says, I can't let Steve besmirch the good people of Red Robin anymore. I don't know why he's doing it, but he's doing it. Is he lying? He said that uh, when they look up on Google Maps where they go, first of all, Ben suggested a place next door. Steve declined and said, this is where we're going. Ben says, very clearly marked on Google Maps, it says Red Robin. Mm -hmm. Also, he says that while dining, a very nice uh, bartender came over. Offered the bottomless fries. Offered the bottomless fries. That's and Steve hastily declined. How long have you known Steve for? Uh, since he got the, uh, the records for those EBT cards, I think. Oh, that's, oh, right. I forgot. Who oh, couldn't wow. forget that backstory? So, so you were with him at Red Robin. I'm sorry, Burgers and Brews, right? Yeah. Gourmet Burgers and Brews. Gourmet Burgers and Brews. Okay. <laughs> Steve 
lied, right? On the show, is that what you're saying or no? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think he lied this uh, time. Uh, okay, but wasn't witness has been intimidated. Hmm. I mean, he 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 complained and bitched and went on and on about this woman or somebody not giving him enough fries at at uh, at, at dinner. No, no, no. I didn't notice it at dinner. I didn't notice how many fries he had. He didn't seem to mention it. What happened with you and Mike? I'm confused here. He came to me and said, you know, I can't hold this in any longer. Right, it's been sure. eaten away at me. Sure. Steve uh, got an appropriate amount of fries and was offered more. So, so that, Turned so them that, down that's, hastily. That's what I'm trying to get at here. So, so that happened. Oh, yeah. I never denied that she offered more French fries. Then what's the... But what, I didn't know that they would be free. But you're mad at Mike because well, he... What's the complaint? Yeah, that's a good question. What My is the complaint, complaint is that the, the initial amount of French fries given was paltry. Did you yeah, get- I didn't. I didn't notice that. But <laughs> you're sitting there. You're sitting there complaining about, and you said, "Oh, well, I'm not a complainer. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have uh, complained not to her in, in person." No, so yeah, not in, But not you're worse because you're, you're complaining away from it. It's worse. Well, it's not her. I don't know if it's her fault. And I don't know if she's the one who the set problem. the French fries. Yeah, she offered. She offered more fries, though, right? I thought it was going to be a charge. Yuri decided this required an investigation and pounded the pavement for answers. Unfortunately. He collaborated with his intern, which caused problems with the release of this expose. So I called Mike on the phone the other day and said, hey, you know what might be funny is if you go do something at Red Robin. Yes. And Mike said, it's a good idea. And I said, the floor is yours. This is collaborative. We're trying to be more collaborative now on this show. And Mike, I think, did a a whiz-bang, bang-up job. Very funny. I'm glad uh, you think so. So I saw it on YouTube this morning. Right. And I thought, well, this seems unusual. We're giving something away. And I quote tweeted. I was trying to be a team player. Yes. So this is the guy who was here yesterday. Yeah, Justin. Justin. Okay, so your instructions to him were what? I said, you think he'll be able to get it done tonight? He said, this is the part that hurt the most, is he quoted a good friend of mine. He said, 100%. I made sure to say it again when we left. What Said what? I said, uh, you'll be able to get it done tonight? He said, yes. I said, okay, send me as many drafts as you want. I'll watch 10 million drafts. If you think it's good, bad, I'll tell tell you what to include. Then as the night goes on, I'm texting him like, how's it going? He says, very well. Okay, good. Okay, which makes me believe I'm getting something here soon. Oh, then, oh, I don't know. Oh, is this really going where I think it's going to go? What? That you never saw it? <sighs> no. You didn't know that? <laughs> no, I no, don't know. I never saw it. I don't know. No. He didn't get oh. final cut. He's no Scorsese. Oh, so you're telling final me. Final cut? I didn't see it at all. So you're telling me I'm co-tweeting not your work, but. Justin's work. What the fuck? Exactly. Oh, I thought. You can see my fury. Well, I thought, I thought, because I think it's pretty good. You don't think it's good? It's not, yes. That's what I say. It's not, it's fine. It's good. So wait a minute. So it's like, so forget 60-40. It sounds like it's 90-10 him. I guess. This is his vision. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you, so essentially you're a prop for his vision. Right. Yeah, I was just a bot. Oh, so I thought, oh, I thought, okay. I thought that you guys collaborated. You're like, oh, great job. Hold off till the show no. starts. You know what I'm saying? No. And then he. I said. So here's. here's oh my God. Here's my address to him. My final. I said, what I think would be a good idea. C- call him. Is if you schedule it to post at 11 a.m. with the show. I didn't really care what time it went up. I thought, but I wanted us to be able to well, see it, see and talk about it first. Of course. And right. So that was my only thing. Hold on, hey, Justin. Hey, you're not, you're on, live on, on the air. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Just shut up for a minute, stupid. So, so, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gobsmacked by so this. So I say, how's it going? He says, very well. Then yeah. I wait around till 10, 1030. I don't right. get any message from him. Right. I'm like, I got to go to bed before I sit. I'll sure. see you in the morning, I guess. So you it's see it like I saw it this time. morning. Well, first oh. I wake up. 
I wake up to a text. <laughs> I wake up to a text. <laughs> I wake up at about 5.35.45. Okay. I, I, I say, ooh, a text from intern Justin. The video must be ready. Maybe Here we I can, go. Maybe I can walk. Why no email, I say? Maybe he texted it to me. Sure. The, the text says, hey, it's scheduled to go up at 6 a.m. <laughs> just like we didn't talk about Why it. Why didn't you stop it then? I texted him back right. 10 times. And no response, because of course he's fucking sleeping. Justin, I, I, I mean, how, how badly did you fuck this up? Oh, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean you have no idea? Do you what time, Justin, what time yesterday did I tell you to upload the video? I said schedule it for what time? Uh, 11. Oh, what time is it now? <laughs> Hello? 827. So how long, how, how long has it been right, up I, for? I like this guy. <laughs> I guess, Justin, my question is, why would you... It sounds like you did it on your own. Edit, you did a good job. It's, it's a good video. But why would you put up without telling any of us before our show goes up? Do you think that might be strange? Oh, uh... I was... I, I'm, my bad. It was like 2 a.m. I, I wasn't even thinking. My apologies. But you know what time I told you to put it up. <laughs> why would you put it up at two? Why wouldn't you consult Steve? I know you're not going to want, you know, I'm not going to want to deal with it, but why wouldn't you consult Mike or Steve? You worked with Mike on the whole thing. Like, why wouldn't you say, hey, it's Mike's project. Maybe he wants to take a look at it before it goes not up. Not only that, in the text he says, hey, I just got rid of the stuff with Steve and the Chick-fil-A stuff. I think it's still pretty good. Oh, great. I'm glad Justin yeah, thinks that, it's that's what I was wondering. No Chick-fil-A. That's a, I was frustrated what? with that. That was a big, a big break. A big why would you? Why do you think it was your final cut, Justin? Um, uh, my apologies. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, do, you have, do, you have, do you have a thought a, in your I'm fucking head? Do you have a thought in your head? I mean, how many? How stupid are these interns? What did we talk the uh, other one? Was that yesterday? Stupid, Two days man. in a row. Was that yesterday? Yeah. Justin, if you did this with me yesterday, would you ever post it like that without letting me know? Oh, of course not. So that's a, that's a total shot, Mike. <laughs> so just complete, so, dis so, complete so, disrespect. So this is a Mike issue then. Other than my mistake, just walk me through the process. The process of just me editing the video. You spent your time with this guy yesterday? I would have fucking jumped out of the car. <laughs> what, no, yes, the process, my the process of you doing the video with Mike and then saying, hey, you know what? This seems like a intern Justin project. After I'm going I said, to send me as many drafts as you want and post it, schedule it to be posted at 11 a.m. Did Mike, did Mike in fact, do that? Do we have to do an investigation about Mike's investigation into this? Or is Mike telling the truth? I didn't hear what you just said there. Sorry. <laughs> is Mike, did, <laughs> did I tell you to send us as many drafts as you want and schedule it to be posted at 11 a.m.? Yeah. Then why didn't you do that? <laughs> Oh, I, I just, I, it was like 2 a.m. So we understand it was 2 a.m. <laughs> I think but, that's, but, a, that's a legitimate excuse. Well, when you, no, it's, no, when it it's isn't. 2 a.m. When it's 2 a.m., you, you go a little Steve, crazy. Steve, if somebody did this with one of your projects, you'd lose your fucking mind. This is true. You can see this devastating expose on the Kirk Minahan Show on YouTube. We'll get to the broadcast in a second, and I think we've found the star. People are always like, oh, this play-by-play play -play guys suck. They're all the same. Well, <laughs> I'm going to offer uh, a disagreement to that, an addendum to that conversation. They found a new star <laughs> oh, rising have, through the ranks. Have we ever? Yes. And another example of the drug crisis in Cape Cod. <laughs> <laughs> it was game, set, match this Thursday for Steve Robinson on the hard courts of Massachusetts. After the first game, we had a break point. It was never a contest. Yeah, that's what felt bad, is that it wasn't even really a tennis match. There was no competition. There was no volley. There was no back and forth. We had one or two decent rallies, but yeah. that was, you couldn't, I don't know what happened. You literally did not get one backhand over the net. Nope. What happened? 
I never said my backhand was going to be great. Well, yeah, I think he, after I saw you play, I admitted that it was going to be uh, it was going to be brutal. Well, we forgetting all this is the clip we should be playing over and over again is the I will beat you. Right. It's not like I just said, hey, you know, I'm going to kick your ass in tennis. You told me you were going to win. I will beat you. And yeah, then you said, I mean, well, I, it might be. You go, you go, you might. And he goes, no, 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 I will. Yeah, beat you. I was. Yeah, I already said I was just talking shit on a podcast. I didn't, think, I, didn't, I didn't think he was actually going to be like, well, we're going to go play tennis what do you think now. Well, you're talking to me. Producer Robinson I'm not, I'll, I'll, I'll take that best. challenge. Gloat and threaten. This time, Kirk Menahan called his bluff and delivered a humiliating defeat. Six love, six love. The big story, however, were the broadcast partners, specifically Scott, the adult play-by-play guy. I have to give Colleen some credit. Yes, did a great not, job. Not, big win. Big not a, win not a for perfect Dave event. I would have, as I heard Mike suggest in the broadcast, probably mic'd up the players. Yes. That seems like a would have been nice. Seems like a good move. And there were some camera issues. But I thought overall, and I don't know if his, his choice of play by play guy was perfect. <laughs> it was an interesting choice, yes, to say the least. But I gotta give Colin a A minus for the event. That's, that's pretty good. B plus A. You did a good job well. with the pregame show. Yeah. You know, the match was good, crisp, the post game. It was a decent call, and he got it, on, he got it at 8 o'clock. He says, hey, uh, all right, we're, like, pretend we're just done with the pregame now and just introduce the, uh, the national anthems. We're going right. to have Kirk come out to the American national anthem, Steve come out to the Russian he... national anthem. So Steve said, or Scott. we are now, I'm sorry, Scott, yeah. we are now going to play the American and Russian <laughs> national anthems. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, he was on heroin. Like, what, do, what do you want the guy to do? I mean, just kept nodding well, off. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's interesting. Usually, guys like that kind of deny that they're on any. Uh, I've never seen of, somebody on social media play by play guy make the defensive. I wasn't that high. <laughs> <laughs> he says, he says uh, Steve said to him before the match, How high are you right now? And he goes, Oh, I do everything high. <laughs> oh God, terrific. <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't get thrown out the aroma of marijuana oh coming out of his bag. <clears throat> The idea was that we get a... Meter would have been perfect. We get a, a, a real pro. But I think it's also good that he was bad. Sure, it ended I up mean, being good. Yeah, yeah. It but also brought out the best of Mike Geary. Uh, well, I, I agree. I saw I saw mixed reactions on social media. A lot media. of mixed reactions. Really? People either got it or really did not get it. I think it. they thought it was a serious event that <laughs> yeah. deserved some serious treatment, right. which well, I, I mean, I can understand The funny thing that. is a lot of people thought I was, in fact, serious. Well, it's also that. <laughs> Give me some of that. Give me the highlights, Steve. I will say, though, it's also strange Hello, when... Hello, I'm Scott, alongside Blind Mike here in Boss Center in Sudbury, Massachusetts. What's the name Mike, of the center? I had a chance to interview both Kirk the boss and center. Mike. Uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's the name of the center, uh, Steve? Bossy Sports. Bossy Sports. That's the Boss Center. That's Bossy Sports. Our great friends at Bossy Sports who did an awesome job. Fantastic, we, yes. Great. So just to be clear, I have never in my life, I've watched many a sporting event. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Sunday Night Football, for example, you don't hear, Hi, I'm Al. <laughs> This is with Chris Collins. <laughs> and then if you did, and then it, and very, it, ra- very rarely would Chris Collinsworth point it out that he made the mistake. That's true. And he wouldn't say, also, they always get the name, they, you know, they don't say uh, Galette, you know, yeah. Park. They usually get the place right, especially when they're nice enough to let us use the place. You know, I, Hello, I'm Scott, alongside Blind Mike here in Boss Center in Sudbury, Massachusetts. Mike, this. you had the chance to interview both Kirk and Mike, um, I'm sorry, Kirk and Steve before the tennis match today. How did that go? Yes, strange not to give your last name for a broadcast, but yes, I did t- talk with both uh, Kirk and Steve, both competitors today. They looked fired up. Let's hear what they had to say. Is this what they call volley for serve, Scott? Or is there? Uh, are we are we already in game action? Uh, we are already in game action. My here. goodness. 
already in game action. So we got a love score here. Scott's good on his feet too. I say early on, my my analysis would tell me that Kirk Minahan reminds me of. I mean, obviously, people compare him to John McEnroe with his fiery temper. I see him as more of a quiet Andre Agassi type, which you wouldn't get it from his on-air persona. Whereas Steve, his build kind of reminds me of that of Martina Navratilova. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> Had to get that one out of the way. <laughs> you know, I was cross off the list. Kirk to have a horrid, horrid anger out here today, but um, he's so far kept in control. It was like two seconds yeah. for a match. <laughs> <laughs> There doesn't appear to be a lot of back and forth. And I've always, I, my, uh, my high school tennis coach, actually, Jerry Shepardini, told me that <laughs> tennis is sort of a back and forth game. And it, it really it breaks down to whoever gets more fourths typically wins. Wouldn't you say that, Scott? Um, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> and then another issue, if uh, Kate was watching, yes. might have been when Scott completely breaks character oh. and says, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Do you have that part? No, I don't think so. I, that came I out of nowhere. One. What, what, did that, what was he talking about? I don't know. Like there, something happened on the court. There was right. a, a, Maybe it was when you blew up at the uh, umpire at some right. point. And Scott just goes, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and Dave goes, we're on air, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's what I like. It's a little aggression out there on the court. No, it's like it's like calling things like like broadcasting an election. Or I know. Something. <laughs> it's very serious. It really reminds us that life is finite, and that really, what are we getting mad about if we're getting mad about a tennis match? Because the Grim Reaper is always upon us. Have wow. you noticed that, Scott? Yeah, I mean, you had that one right there, and Steve came to the net and Kirk <laughs> came right to the point. That's right. Right, and it's like I always say. If Life gets you down, turn to the bottle, you know? And there's really nowhere else to turn. It's easier to take your mind off things. And that's what I say is just, you know, roll up a doob or hit the bottle. And, that, well, Steve went long there with that point, so that's the end of the game. <laughs> that's, that's, Scott, no. that's Scott taking your, your advice to sort of play the straight man. I guess, yeah. You know, Minahan dominates on the golf course. Do you think sort of that mental toughness uh, will impact him at all, will help him in situations like this? So we have Kirk coming here for a second serve. <laughs> I mean, it would have been. It would, I think it's actually Awful funnier. Return but there by Steve. You were calling it would have been better. It almost well, says to me like you had, you had a big minute fan who wanted to just watch the match. Yeah, kind of. And well, I you think that my, my favorite line of the entire match was when me and Dave kind of went back and forth. And Dave said, uh, filling in for Scott here. And I said, almost like you should have been doing it the whole time, <laughs> huh, Dave? That's true. <laughs> Steve Robinson is known for bending the truth. And Kirk and Mike felt that the dollar amount quoted for his haircut was one of these tall tales. Steve did not acquit himself well with the way the stylist answered the phone. French fries are done. Moving the haircuts. Good morning. Team Pat. I'm uh, sorry. 188. Uh, uh, How can I help you? <laughs> what what so did you sorry. say initially? How I'm sorry. Uh, don't worry. Don't even worry okay. about that. This is from years. Okay. This you, is from years ago. Sure. I can't even believe I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable. Yeah. So I, you're, prob you're, probably, you're probably not familiar with me. My name is Kirk Minahan. Do you know who that is or no? I have no idea who okay. that is. How, how are you? Good. So I good host. Morning. A, good morning. So I host a podcast on. Have you heard of Barstool? Barstool? Barstool Sports? Barstool, no. Okay. No. Is this uh, New England? Yes. Well, sort of. So we host a podcast. We're on right now uh, doing the show. We had a, our producer got a haircut there. How long ago, Steve? Well, week and a half ago. Week and a half ago. Last week and a half ago. So, Steve, tell the, right. tell the gentleman what, what you had done. Uh, I had a haircut, a shampoo, and a beard trim. 
So for those three things, what would the price be in total for that? A price for beer trim, yep. right? And what what is it? it? Was it the whole package or was it separate? I don't know that. So yes, yeah, shampoo and beard trim. Yes. So if it was a shampoo, beard trim, and a haircut, yep. Uh, uh, let me see. We have a uh, so so beard trim executive would be twenty. Okay. Uh, shampoo and a haircut executive twenty uh, forty four. So sixty four dollars in total. Correct. Okay. Thanks so much. Oh, you got it. You got it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. You That's fine. You're the, it's great. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks. Even a you tremendous help. Thank right. you. Now go back to your work. Go back to your work, uh, Neil. <laughs> now, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> I mean, I mean, that was, was... I mean, you're the guy who didn't know what the shampoo was at one point. <laughs> and who? now this is going to be, I, I, I want to know. I'll let Steve give his side. It's going to be thrown out there that Steve does not shampoo his hair ever. That's why true. Why pay for a shampoo? True. Well, man, that's why you do it. But the guy answered the phone and I think said Soviet or something or Kremlin. I don't know what it was. And then was like, oh, I've never done that before. Is that- Steve, offer a defense. The floor is yours. I'm not going to lie. That looked bad. A number of Twitter accounts and KMS personalities have posted lengthy goodbye notices in the last month. And on Friday's show, Steve Robinson jumped in with breaking news. Another long goodbye. Thank Rock you. Just it's like being on the ring of the movie podcast. I, I, I hate to interrupt the Brady talk, but there's a mystery afoot. What's that? There's, oh. been, there's been a retweet from the Kirk Minahan show account, and it wasn't either of us. Really? It wasn't me. What was the retweet? The long goodbye from KMS Quotes. What? He's out now? <laughs> KMS Quotes is retiring. <laughs> so it's, I mean, come on. So we've got There's a, no mystery. We've, we've, got our, we've got our mystery solved. There's no solved. mystery, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Jesus. That was a great account. God, MHV, can't do that. Jesus. But if you skip, if you skip to the, uh, the uh, I guess, about 3,000 words in to this a statement from <laughs> KMS Quote, it says, P.S. I started the Albright shit. MHB is a fraud for not crediting me. Well, now he's... Is he just trying to throw us off the trail or yes, what? Yes, obviously. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Why would he even mention that? I want to thank Kirk for getting us to count us today. Thanks to Deke, Kelly Martin, Big Baby Willie, Sensitive Nate, Cunt Marco, Six Seconds Shade, Boring, Tommy Smokes, and everyone in between. There's a count on people's skin like no other. I mean... Does it sound like you've read MHB's writing oh, before? Oh, it's obviously it seem like well, him? Yes. Well, there's, no, there's no rhymes. That's true. <laughs> it's true. God damn it. I like that account. Yeah. That's way, honestly, that's a much bigger loss than MHB. I hate to say it. Now, why would he, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> why would he tro- try and throw us off the scent by throwing in the MHB thing at the end and then retweet it from the account while we're doing the show? <laughs> I think he's, I don't, I don't think he's trying to throw the scent. I think he's, think, yeah, little, yeah, uh, I think he's admitting things, don't little, you? Steve? Yeah, a little trademark. I gotta tell you what we need, though, is we need, we need, Whoever it was, MHB, to hand that account over and let's a real middle uh, fans. Yes. Of course. That's a valuable account. Yeah. And you have to have the right temperament like MHB did to know what things to tweet to piss people off, to get them talking. This guy got retweeted by Donald Trump Jr. I mean, you know, it's. You is, can't start the KMS, a, 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 an account. You MHB can retire whenever he wants. Yeah, who gives a shit? Nobody an cares. An account like KMS quotes. Yeah, as, as lives as long as the show does. As long as the show does. You can't start it's, it and quit six months in. It's pretty much show property, I would say. I would I, too. Yeah, I agree. 3,000 followers. Like, it's a real thing. It was very good. Deke Zucker Jr. Speculation then turned to who the KMS Quotes account person was. The writing style in the goodbye letter 
sounded like somebody we all know. How are we going to handle this? Huh. Well, I mean, you could just text MHB and ask for the password, or I could, but he's yeah. not responding to my messages. I mean, you know, not, nor mine. This can't. It's kind of a dick. Honestly, sort of a dick move. A little bit. Like it's fine if he doesn't want to do it. He wants to hand it off to somebody else. But you got. You have to no. let the person do. They want to start some new account again, and that's a pain in the ass. I'll tell you what this means to me. Is that MHB is making a comeback? You think? I think, I think he's stirring up a little controversy. I don't know. Uh, that it might be too obvious. Retweeting. I will from say the, uh, that is account. that is a lonely move. <laughs> I mean, that is, how much time do you, do you think he spent strategizing on that's this? a like, move of somebody who needs some that, that is a good point when he, when, he, when he put out the first statement from his the real mhb account do you think he had this in mind as the end game the long no game? I, think, I think he got and this happens all the time uh, i talk about this almost daily he got a little you know the the person the woman the other day who we don't speak of anymore mm-hmm. you heard much from her the last couple of days you know mhb did his thing for a day and got a nice little round of applause but you know what happened Kind of cold outside. The sun rose again without him. Right. Life goes on. People have their days. And he said, wait a minute. Let me do something else so I can get this. That was kind of poetic, the way you described that. What do you mean? The sun rose again without him. That's what I mean. Days go on. The daisies daisies rise. You prepared a little poetry for the man The wind blows. That's true. (laughs) The sandwiches get eaten. And then you thought, well, you know, what can I do? I got nothing. I only got one bullet left in the gun. Mm. KMS quotes. Right. Let me do the same thing again now. I think he's got a few more bullets left in the gun. What does he have? Par- other parody accounts. That's true. Saying, you're yeah, going to see the domino effect of retirement. But when Kirk's, Phil Zachary's what, balls. Yeah, is now I say, when Kirk's burp says he's going away, I don't think that's going to quite have the same resonance. There was only one person to discuss this issue with, and that was a member of the world who has retired. He's scrambling in his cubicle right now, trying to get to the bathroom. Cubicle. Trying to make his voice sound different than that guy at the hair salon? No, Bob, Bob, shut up. Yeah, shut up. That's, Bob, that's more Bob. like it. Bob, it's Steve calling. We've called twice. I mean, you know, we, we're trying. This is, this is rough. Oh. Hello? Well, well, Oh. Well. We understand you're retired. You want, you want to live your life quietly. We respect that. Just answer yeah. a couple of questions for us and we'll let you go. So you're the KMS quotes guy, right? Quotes? <laughs> Come on. It's a va- it's Be a, straight with us it's, it's a valuable piece of property that we'd like somebody to to take over if you're if you, if you or whoever you're talking to who handles it isn't doing anymore would you be willing to have that conversation with the person handling and, and famous quotes as a friend sure. is, is that is that something that the show needs is that what, what, what would i mean i think it's, it's a, a nice of, i think it's a nice i comp- think everything's available for a price as a friend let me warn you it would benefit you that this goes smoothly then this conversation with MHB took a strange turn. Well, what about your contribution to the Minifan show? Oh yeah, well, DC, DC, and I have been have uh, have had some you know vision different differences in uh, uh, creative differences, I guess is what I would say. Really? Wow. Between these, I just I don't appreciate that he's continued to talk behind my back and say like like I've I've legitimately been busy and had like a rough time and, and been going through a lot. Sounds and busy. he. Yeah, I have been busy. I mean, that's why I haven't been involved in everything. And DEC is like saying, oh, like it's like this whole big, big thing behind my back. Oh, John, we don't know what he's going to do anymore. I think he's going to be gone. Like, dude, you could just like talk to me about it. I, I don't know. Well, you've been you've so, been cryptic and quiet as well, though. Yeah, I mean, do you think that, what, what do you want me to do with the, with with DEC? I mean, he there was a weekend review that was his thing, mm-hmm. and then when we do when the Minifan show is not really. I mean. Let's be honest. It's it's kind of our show's kind of a ripoff of like great thinkers, like a really good show. True, I agree. You know, <laughs> I agree. The newsmaking continued after the show Friday, 
MHB and I had a Twitter exchange that quickly escalated. I was upset that he went on the show and stated I didn't reach out to him. My beef was that I reached out to him a number of times and never heard back. It was also irritating that he would say this after writing a long goodbye note without reaching out to me and then reappearing this week. The exchange escalated on Twitter and in private messages throughout the evening. When done, I felt we'd talked out our issues, but more came up on Saturday's Mike and the Meta fans on the Kirk Menahan Show on YouTube. Sources have reported that Menahan was unhappy with MHB specifically on his showing and that the former Mark Hannon's balls may appear on Monday's show. That puts a wraps on the Weekend Review for December 6th, 2019. I'm DEC. Oh, my God! <laughs>